0: Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm a health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi, everyone. Today I would like to introduce you to Chelsea Strandberg, a health coach from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She has a master's degree in public health and wants to put the power back into people's hands based on their lifestyles and make conscious choices with regards to nutrition. I'm really happy to meet Chelsea because we are from the same school, so obviously I support her. And we have the same mindset when it comes to coaching clients. So welcome Chelsea.
1: Hi, Melissa. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: So what is your personal experience with health and wellness? I love to ask this off, you know, on coaches that are from the same school. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, So, well, as you mentioned, I have a um, certificate from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, um, and I also have my master's in public health. Um, I think uh, this is a thread that has been kind of weaving through my life since I was, um, an early teenager. And, you know, in my teens, I probably wasn't making the most healthy decisions, but I was seeking um, ways to be more healthy and um, trying to learn. Um, so I feel like now I'm at this place where I've received some formal trainings, and I've done a lot of work on myself. Um, and so I have a lot of ideas um, and really get energized in in talking with people about health and wellness. So glad to be here. Um, and I love your podcast. And um, your approach to health coaching as well. So thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks. Um, something you said struck me, like you said that as a teenager, you were already into like finding ways to eat healthier and be better. And that's very rare because I feel like as teenagers, like it's a lot of like fast food and, you know, (laughs) sugars and late nights or whatnot.
1: Yeah, but, um, hmm. That may be true, but for me, it was it wasn't super healthy regardless. Um, so I I became really interested in being a vegetarian, um, and I was vegetarian for about twelve years. But I wouldn't say that I was a healthy vegetarian for mm-hmm. the entire span of that. I think um, for a brief time, it was more about cutting calories and losing weight, and kind mm-hmm. of mimicking what I saw in mainstream diet the mainstream diet industry, which was constantly encouraging women, especially to be thinner and, you know, to look a certain way. And so I think I definitely fell victim to that. Um, And it took years for me to figure out what a healthy balance actually looks like so that I'm not obsessing over calories, but actually eating whole nourishing foods and not (laughs) worrying.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to dive into that because I feel like that's still playing out today, right? Like when my client's, talk about weight loss, belly fat, there is, they're still telling me like exercise and nutrition. And there's obviously a lot of, uh, yeah, pillars of health that we're missing here. Um, but before we get into that, who do you serve now? Like based on your, you know, your education and your passion to help people, um, who, who do you, you know, help on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, um, so it's pretty... I'd say it's pretty broad, but it's um, anybody who's interested in making a sustainable lifestyle change. Um, so people come to me when they've been, you know, diagnosed with um, some chronic disease or are told by their doctor to lose five pounds or ten pounds. Um, and you know, there's like a gap in in care, right? In in our medical industry, so a doctor will give you a diagnosis, set you free, and then you've got six months. Um, to like get your weight down or whatever. So I, I work with people um, based on whatever their wellness needs are. Um, I especially right now, I'm loving working with a lot of young people. Um, so people between the ages of 20 and like 26 who mm-hmm. are maybe living on their own for the first time, um, maybe living in an apartment, maybe don't have a whole lot of kitchen utensils. Maybe they grew up um, in a family that didn't actually cook a lot and they mm-hmm. ate out a lot, or maybe they just graduated from college. So I'm, I'm actually really loving that subset of the group of people that I work with. Um, but um, I tend to focus on working with adults, especially women. And then now I'm focusing more on working with young people.
0: So Interesting, that's like a interesting, a pretty good niche also. I feel like, where do you find these people?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so a few people have come to me through Instagram, which um I don't know, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with social media. It's, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot out there that I think kind of contributes to diet industry stuff. Um but yeah, a couple people have come to me through Instagram, through my website, just word of mouth. Um some former clients have actually bought coaching packages for their kids after they worked with me. Um, So I love that. That's
0: awesome. That's so cool when they, when you get referrals through like the family and it's like, you know, ripple effect. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the main, so like if someone were to, um, you know, kind of move out on their own or like they don't know anything about cooking and it intimidates them, what do you tell them?
1: Yeah, so... Well, I tell them that they don't need to be perfect and that it's just a process of trial and error. Um, I also encourage them, I try to build confidence in the kitchen by really focusing on what we can do with whole foods. Um, And what I mean by that is like kind of what you find in the outside aisles of the grocery store. So like where the vegetables live and, you know, lean meats and other things like that. I encourage people to stay away from those middle sections with cereal and chips and, and whatnot because um, we've all been there. That's a little bit trapping. Um, mm-hmm. But I also encourage them to just do some basic meal prep. Um, so that could look like making some greens at the beginning of the week. It could be roasting vegetables. Um, you know, Basically like batch cooking, making things in quantities and then kind of piecing it together throughout the week. Um, and I also encourage them that they don't, they can follow recipes, but they don't have to. Um, mm-hmm. If they're using whole foods and they basically know how to grill a chicken breast and they basically know how to roast some vegetables, then they can get creative with spices and, and add-ons. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's fun. There's no wrong way is what I would right. say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think I have also personally encountered clients in both areas, like some who do know a little bit of basic cooking and then some who have like, you know, like literally no idea. So obviously that requires a little bit more hand holding, but also I guess, you know, it does help to understand why, um, it's important to do meal prepping in the first place. And, you know, and then we go on to the how, so, you know, judging from your Instagram, Um, which I think everyone should go and visit. Um, You know, I love the meals, they're so delicious. So why do you think meal prepping is so important for our health?
1: Yeah, um, so we're all busy, right? We all have really different lifestyles. Some of us work full-time, some of us work two jobs or three jobs. Um, We've got families, you know, all the different things. Um, And I think when you kind of, this is where coaching is really helpful, I think. Um, kind of working with somebody to step back and um, you know, really assess what your week looks like and where you're getting your food from. So, for me personally, if I'm not meal prepping that I'm snacking throughout the week. And if I'm snacking on healthy things, carrots and hummus, you know, things like that, it's totally fine. But more often than not, if I'm not getting all the calories I need, I'm gonna find a way to get my hands on potato chips. Like that is my vice. I will own it. Um, so for me, um meal prepping is super helpful and for my clients it's really helpful um it actually saves you time later in the week so if you do a thoughtful meal prep at the beginning of the week if that's sunday for you for some people it's like middle of the week they have a lot of time so maybe that's a wednesday afternoon um those other nights you're just heating up leftovers and you can take time and watch something on netflix or you can hang out with your roommate or whoever you live with, um, so it it can take time away from uh, later in the week when we're feeling stretched and stretched and kind of crunch for time. Um, it's also a really good way to make sure you're getting enough vegetables because um, I know personally, if I'm hungry, I'm not going to take the time—the 45 minutes it takes—to roast a bunch of potatoes and Brussels sprouts and things like that. So if you do it ahead of time, you don't have an excuse, um, you just heat it up,
0: or you eat it cold, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. When you're hungry, you don't have any motivation to do anything. This is uh, speaking from two health coaches. Um, <laughs> that's yes, that's definitely true. We all get hungry. yes. Yes, we do. And I like the part that you brought up about snacking because I do realize that if I don't have enough uh, whole foods in my fridge or I suddenly run out or just, you know, for some reason that week, like it just didn't work out. Yeah, I do tend to, you know, want to eat like sushi or eat out and then it contributes to more money and all these things. So I guess what you're saying in summary that it's good because it's important because first of all, we can get more vegetables into our diet. More nutrients. You know what's going into your foods. Um, you can avoid potential potentially uh, snacking on like processed foods, and then also it's you know it's more convenient. You get to relax on other days, mm-hmm. and it's like affordable, right? Overall,
1: totally. Oh yeah, right. Um, that's the thing. So I think um, there's some misconception around what it takes to eat healthy and kind of how much it costs and um, if you do it smart and you you think strategically about it, um, you don't have to go and get like, you know, a $50 really nice steak. You can get um, something that's organic from the farmer's market and it's still gonna be a little pricey but um, maybe not so much with vegetables. Um, I, I really like the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen, the Environmental Working Group uh, puts that out. Um, Which is a good way to think about things like um, blueberries are one of those um, fruits that we should be buying organic when we can. But something like potatoes, maybe that's less. um, So you can kind of like figure out what works for you and save money in different places. Um, I've also learned that kind of making your own sauces and dressings um, saves a lot of money. So... um, Salad dressings and store-bought sauces have a huge markup because of the convenience factor. So it's already done for you. So you're actually, you're paying more um, to not make it on your own. But if you make a big batch of something like chimichurri or um, a salad dressing, like a lemon vinaigrette kind of thing, those keep for a while. And um, it's it's really not too hard. If I can do it, um, I believe other people can do it because... Um, I'm actually, this is a a thing most people maybe don't know about me, but I have a very like limited patience, um, and attention span. And so like, I have to be able to do things quickly and it has to not be too complicated or I will get frustrated. So my recipes are all really simple, limited ingredients. Um, you don't have to have fancy kitchen gadgets, um, just the basics. Um, and I think that really goes a long
0: way. So, Mm -hmm yeah um, I agree. <laughs> no, you're not like i I do think that it's um pretty yeah it, it makes sense right to have like a bulk of everything a bulk of grains, um having roasted yeah. vegetables. so if someone is like really short on time and they don't really know what to cook or put together, what are your like top tips? like if someone only has like you know maybe an hour to go to the grocery store um to get? whatever they need for like a few days, what do you, what are your tips? Like what should they get or what should they look out for?
1: That's a good question. Um, So I'm going to answer and maybe add another question in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say whatever's like use whatever's in your pantry. So um, one of the things I love working with clients on is looking at what's already in their pantry and adding and subtracting things. So, you know, things like, brown rice, other grains, beans. Um, these are things we should have on hand because then when it when you do just have that one hour to run to the grocery store, you don't have to think about getting rice and beans and getting all these other things. You can just get a few fresh pieces of produce. Um, so that's really what I would encourage people to do is to um, think about what their dry goods and their pantry situation is like and really add to it um, those items are shelf stable and they will save you time later in the week when you only have that one hour so if you have that one hour I would get a couple pieces of fresh produce if you if you're not vegetarian um, get some lean meat get some fish um, those would be kind of my my basic things I do a lot of a lot of bowls um, like grain bowls and Buddha bowl kind of things I do a lot of sautéed veggies and roasted
0: veggies and put them on top of other things. Um, yeah. Cook for me. I'm going to hire you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to San Diego just to eat yeah, your food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, great. So it, ju- it sounds like if someone, yeah, um, if someone were, you know, to be short on time, um, just to have a bulk of grains or beans <laughs> in your home. Um, and just get just kind of choose the protein and the fat that they want right in the market and obviously the vegetables that they want Um, and I'm guessing like the spices should be I mean the herbs should be fresh but spices is also kind of a bulk thing in the pantry so what are some spices that you think are you know like the basics that everyone should have
1: yeah that's a good question um good sea salt and black pepper um I would stay away from you know, the really fine salt, because um, it just doesn't taste as good. It doesn't have the same like micronutrients in it. Um, it depends. If you're more of a Mediterranean style cook, then you should have things like Herbs de Provence, and you should have some dried basil and dried oregano and things like that. If you like to dabble with other styles of cooking, like Asian cooking, um, I have ginger. Um, garlic powder is another one that you should have. Um, ginger and turmeric. Um, I love adding turmeric to things. Just be careful; it's very staining. Um, I've learned that the hard way.
0: Um, <laughs> I hope it's not a white plate, a white bowl. No, uh,
1: <laughs> lots of my hand towels now have oh. yellow tinge to them. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So I guess those are the things. Um, yeah, if you have space and you can grow some basil or some rosemary, um, those both go a long way with cooking. Um, I always keep lemons on hand, like more often than not, I'm adding lemon to stuff, whether it's to veggies or to the top of fish, um, or making a dressing. It's a really nice way to get some citrus, get some vitamin C thrown in. Mm -hmm. Um, and lemons are cheap. You can buy a bag, um. At a grocery store for a couple bucks or you know if you live in california you can find them on your neighbor's trees and that's super helpful
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. when it comes to cooking i guess it's just kind of throwing it all together is there like a you know a difference between eating something cooked and something raw
1: yeah so i mean that depends on which kind of dietary theory you're following um Personally, so, and people's bodies are different. So I don't wanna make a blanket statement because some people actually don't process um, raw vegetables, certain raw vegetables in the same way that other people do and kind of vice versa with cooking. Um, I personally usually do a mixture. So I will do, I think it's important um, to have both cooked and raw veggies almost at every meal if you can. So um, if I'm doing some sort of roasted veggie thing with the protein, Um, then I'll have some sort of small like coleslaw kind of thing or um, I just posted on Instagram a recipe for it's a like an Asian slaw with um, cilantro carrots cabbage and then some like ginger sort of sesame dressing
0: Um,
1: that's a nice way to have
0: Oh, nice I do have some cabbage in my fridge I should go check it out you
1: should add some carrots you're Mm
0: good to go yeah. Nice. I like that. I've, I, I don't think I've heard of that yet. Like having a mixture of both cooked and raw vegetables at every meal. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like people usually tend to be like all raw, like in a salad or just cook everything. So I guess it's kind of good to mix. And then also, you know, having like fermented foods, right? In your yep. meals, that would be great.
1: Super great. Um, yeah. I'd also say I add arugula to almost everything. So mm-hmm. if I make pasta, I often throw raw arugula in at the end, or if I make a big soup or some sort of chili, I often top it with fresh arugula. Um, Mm -hmm. So you get that, the raw vegetable, like peppery taste. Um, It's really got a lot of nourishing qualities um, to it. And it's a nice way to like, that's another meal planning tip, I guess. Um, If you're cooking things and you're on like night three of eating the same leftovers, you might get a little bit bored. So throw in something raw, throw in some fresh arugula, throw in some like, you know, side salad kind of situation. Um, it can help jazz things up when uh, when you're like midway through the week and you don't have time.
0: Yeah. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Do you add seeds to your meals? Oh, I do. Actually, I
1: can't believe I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I add hemp seeds to almost everything. Um, I'm really into hemp seeds right now. So mm. I add that on top of like, kind of vegetable, um, savory dishes, but I also put them in yogurt in the morning and Mm -hmm. on top of, um, toast with almond butter. Um, it can be a really good millennial and (laughs) on top of avocado. That's very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, and for anyone listening from Singapore, um, because hemp is still considered like a drug plant, we don't have hemp. So whatever, any other seed would be fine, like pumpkin or chia or, um, Uh, flax yeah sesame flax is really good for ball movements i just needed to throw it out there to uh, those in singapore because i do have clients there and if they listen to this and they're like what have i you know um yeah i didn't realize that until i moved here and then i realized like oh okay we don't have that because it's considered you know part of the whole drug plant thing yeah well
1: flax seeds really good too you can get your omega seeds that way and Yeah, add some fiber.
0: That's good. Thankfully for us, there are a lot of uh, seeds. There's not only one, so that's That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess when it comes to meal prepping, it's almost like a routine. You were saying earlier that it's like, oh, every Sunday or every Wednesday afternoon. So why is it so important to make it a routine rather than, you know, just be like, oh, I just feel like doing it this week and then I'll do it.
1: Yeah, because... When we get stressed and when we get busy, um, we don't fall back on the routines that are healthy. Um, I love. Um, I read an article recently, and I, I should have pulled it up ahead of time. But mm-hmm. it was basically talking about how um, the routines that we have can be either kind of self-serving or self-sacrificing. So you probably have already done like twenty different routines today, Melissa. You've probably put your seatbelt on, brushed your teeth. You've mm-hmm. probably washed your face, done all these things that you don't really think about because you're just so used to doing them. So if we have unhealthy habits, um, like eating takeout or snacking on unhealthy things, those are part of our routines as well. So what we're trying to do when we're meal prepping is actually like force a healthy routine to stick. So you've got to do it over the span of several weeks for it to become something that feels natural. I I assure you that it will feel kind of challenging at first, and that's okay. Um, I've worked with clients who, like, it takes a lot of time up front, because you're still trying to figure out what works for you. And then after a while, it just becomes a routine. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like a, a routine that I will make some sort of quinoa, some sort of rice, or sweet potatoes at the beginning of the week. And that's like something that kind of gets me through because those things all take at least like 45 minutes to make, which during the week, I just don't have time for. Um, So I always have a batch of those things in my refrigerator um, Mm -hmm. and then build meals on top of that.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Having like a good sort of base grain to start with. um, And then just like, you know, building on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are like some other misconceptions about meal prepping that we didn't talk about?
1: misconceptions about meal
0: preference yeah like uh, what kind of you know hesitations do you get from people aside from like the usual like oh i don't know how to cook or i don't have enough time like are there any other kind of reasons or excuses that you hear from your clients
1: well some people travel um for work or for school and so that actually um that can put sort of a barrier midweek um i still encourage people to kind of Think about what they're going to be eating Monday through Wednesday right before they travel because that's still important. You don't want to um, kind of count the week as a wash just because you're traveling at the end of the week, not really worth meal prepping. Um, I would push back and say, actually it is. And um, maybe you don't meal prep um, some sort of big like soup or something, but um, stock up on apples and stock up on you know healthy snacks to get you through the week. and cook some protein, cook some grains. Um, It saves time, ultimately it saves money. It's good for your health. Um, I definitely get a lot of people who are worried about following recipes and measuring things exactly. My boyfriend is a scientist, so he would be probably very
0: flustered to hear me say this. (laughs) Oh, my husband too. He's very, very focused. He's like, it has to be a certain like one teaspoon. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you can do that for baking, but cooking, you you can relax about it.
1: Yes. So I would say you can relax about cooking. You can add a little bit more oil. You can add a little less salt. You can add a little more citrus, um, add extra greens. It's going to be fine. Um, If you're using, you know, kind of, really good ingredients and um, high quality vegetables that are fresh, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna mm-hmm. be
0: great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that, it's a little like kind of reassurance, like if I think I am like someone who's like oh I don't know how to make this, and the fact that you know it's very flexible and that I can like kind of, yeah. you know, and you can taste your food as you cook, it's not like yeah. it's like you need to make something so beautiful and then eat it after totally
1: and i should say full disclosure i um i definitely make plenty of meals that are not instagram worthy they mm-hmm. they just look like mush and they're not that beautiful but they're right. healthy nourishing like they taste really good um so yeah presentation matters and if you're cooking for someone or you're having friends over or something like that sure but i think um yeah just cover the basics get um as many colors into your meal as you can as many colors from the rainbow as possible, Um, like natural colors, not artificial colors. So beets are like, you know, that's pink, that's red, but, you know, red peppers and things like that. That's what I mean. I don't mean um, colorful cupcakes, for example.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about whole foods here, guys, not anything else. Uh I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about modern fertility. If you are someone who wants to get pregnant real soon, or if you're anyone in your age, 20s or 30s, if you want to have kids in the next five years, if you're considering freezing your eggs, or if you suspect your hormones are imbalanced, such as if you have PCOS or if you actually went off birth control, Um, I would encourage you to look up Modern Fertility. Modern Fertility is actually a comprehensive fertility hormone test for women that you can take at home. The online experience includes a physician-reviewed personalized report, access to weekly webinars, and actually a free one-to-one consultation with a fertility nurse. I love Modern Fertility and... They are incredible because they are giving us women a super easy at-home test, which costs only $159, when when it is so much more expensive to go to a fertility clinic and get the same hormone test for more than $1,500. So with Modern Fertility, this test actually gives you access to the information you need to help to plan ahead and navigate the world of fertility. All tests are conducted in a certified lab and Modern Fertility's team of physicians and clinical advisors lead some of the nation's top fertility clinics. With modern fertility, if you're currently pregnant or breastfeeding, the hormone test will not work for you. And if you're over 45 years old, this will not work for you either. I'm really excited to share with you about this test because for women with PCOS, we have a lower chance or we seem to have a lower chance of conceiving. And having this test, knowing exactly where your hormones levels are, and knowing how good your egg reserve is, will actually give you a clearer mental picture of whether you can conceive or not. And if your chances are low, heck, you can actually kind of plan, a, you can plan ahead, right? You can plan two or three years ahead. So the modern facility, fertility test will actually tell you if you have more or less eggs than average, and what you can expect from egg freezing and IVF, and actually how your hormone levels relate to PCOS, which is what 1 in 10 women have. And the overall result is you have a broader clarification and understanding of your general hormone health. So modern fertility, it depends, it goes on 8 fertility hormones that they test. And if you aren't sure and you're not ready to buy, you can always go to modernfertility.com where you can take a quiz to receive more information about it and go straight to kind of building your own timeline tool on the website. So basically inputting your your age and how many kids you want, and they will actually give you a timeline of when you should be thinking of conceiving in order to get the specific goal. How cool is that? And the best thing about modern fertility is that you get support from the modern community where you can find women supporting women regarding their own personal fertility journeys. I, for one, am so excited to share my modern fertility results with you. I recently got my test in the kit and I'm waiting for day three of my period to actually do the test at home and send it back to the lab. So for more information, and if you're ready to dive deep and want to get your own modern fertility test kit, you can get 10% off. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash to get your kit, once again, go to modernfertility.com slash to get your modern fertility kit today. Some of your favorite recipes Then you were saying that you do a lot of bowls, like green bowls, Buddha Mm -hmm. bowls, and... I I guess some people don't really know what a Buddha bowl is, so. Yeah,
1: Yeah. sure, I can tell you. There are lots of iterations of that, but um, generally it's some sort of rice or grain, and then you add a combination of cooked and raw vegetables on top with, like, different sauces. Um, And so because there's a lot of variation, you can actually make those, you can make that part of your routine. You can make a Buddha bowl, like, once or twice a month, and it can be a different version of it each time and you won't get bored of it. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, yeah, I just posted one. It's like white rice. I put some sesame seeds on top, roasted beets and um, sweet potatoes. And then I made this like kind of coleslaw situation with uh, carrots and cabbage and cilantro um, and a a dressing with that. And then I just put some uh, spinach and arugula on the side with a little bit of sesame tahini dressing um oh and i threw tofu on top but you can swap the tofu out for beans um,
0: right lentils or anything
1: yeah, like lentils. that yep um recipes i love making chimichurri um mm-hmm. pesto i just made a bunch of pesto last week um that is something you should actually uh you should measure pesto i put in way too much <laughs> gr-
0: <laughs> right. My my husband would say, oh, there's not, there's never too much garlic.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what my boyfriend said. And then we discovered that there actually is Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. double the amount of garlic you're supposed to put in, but you don't actually do any, add any more ingredients. It can be overpowering.
0: (laughs) So how did you find your love for cooking? Hmm. Sounds like you're very passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, Let's see, I guess that probably goes back to the beginning. Um, So I come from a family that has had a lot of struggles with health. Um, So my extended family has had a lot of chronic diseases. Um, I grew up seeing um, obesity and overweight and um, other illnesses around me that were largely lifestyle factors. Um, And I think when I was young, I was like trying to figure out how, how to prevent that basically. And so Hence, I kicked off this, like, decade of being vegetarian and maybe not knowing exactly what I was doing. And um, I, I think when I was young, it probably came out and sort of manifested as some, like, more obsessive food tendencies because I was trying to restrict things. Mm-hmm. I would kind of make something out one week and then something out the next Um, And then I'd read a news article and try and do something different. This was all like during my teenage years when I maybe shouldn't have been so concerned, but I was. (laughs) Um, But I started to realize actually that I was focusing on the negative aspect of food and what harm it could cause and focusing on taking things out. And you'll probably remember from our training at Institute for Integrative Nutrition, um, I loved their focus of actually adding, thinking about what you can add into your diet rather than what you should be taking away. Um, so I'd say in the last like, decade or so, um, I've definitely been focused more on what what new things can I try? What can I add in? Mm-hmm. Um, I've also found that cooking and making meals for myself and for other people is just a way to de-stress. It's a um, way to feel like I have some, like, Ability to step back from my computer and back from whatever work I'm doing and make something with my hands and It involves all your senses, right? So it's like you're smelling things. You're chopping things. You're using your hands You're standing. You're not sitting at a computer. It's um, I just really enjoy it Um, and I think that I've been able to find a balance um, from both like trial and error and taking these formal trainings and kind of developing a love of food when a lot of our cultural cues kind of points away from that, like right push to just eat on the go, food's not that important, um, you know, all these things. But I actually think food is, is deeply important in connecting our farmers and the local food communities. Um, it's, yeah. It's a great way to establish. Food. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a whole like, other food you know I mean we could talk about food for a long time right like energetics and like nutrients and soil and all that but I think I'm just really glad that you share so many tips with us today about meal planning because I feel like that is still like a really big thing that people want to do but are afraid of and I hope we answered everyone's questions so what do you wish for people to know about optimizing their health
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think we've talked a lot about food here and I love talking about food and I love me yeah. and stuff, but I would say, um, it's a lot more than that. It's more than just what we eat. Um, which again is why health coaches can be really beneficial because we're trained to think really holistically about a person's lifestyle, right? So mm-hmm. um, social activities, spirituality, family life, career, um, These are all specific things that make up somebody's overall well-being. They can add to it or detract from it. Um, One thing that I'm personally working on and that I'm like one of my 2020 intentions is to really think about stress management. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I've got the the meal prepping and all of that down. But um, it's also really important to think about where our energy is going. as far as stress and anxiety and things like that so um yeah it's more than just food i would say and having a a good routine of exercise is also really important and um something that feels joyful and de-stressing and um doesn't feel like a chore um Mm -hmm. i don't want wellness to feel like a chore so initially yes um i think food prep can feel a little bit challenging and i think that's okay but it shouldn't feel like a chore. So we need to find joy in these things that bring us wellness. Um, Otherwise, we're sort of counterproductive, um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think that, that, that totally makes sense to me. And I hope it makes sense to everyone because stress is not only, you know, from poor dietary choices, but also it comes from, Basically, every health symptom is like a downstream effect of what lifestyle choice that we make. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because I actually uh, talked a little bit about my own personal life on Instagram (laughs) today and I was saying how like, you know, keeping that other job was making me like grumpy, having lack of sleep and all these downstream effects for like a whole month and now that I'm off it, it's like totally different. like I can finally like you know clean my house, I feel re-energized, I'm able to focus more, and I think it's important to see like the in the interconnectedness mm-hmm. of everything. It's not like you know your career's different from like your eating habits or whatever they're yeah linked everything is linked
1: it's all connected, um, yeah, and I think actually that's one of the really scary things when you start to think about making lifestyle change, um, because once you're like, Oh wait, I'm not eating healthy at work. And you're like, wait, I'm always sitting down at my desk, but I have to, because my boss is really mm-hmm. demanding, and my right. job is really easy, but wait, am I in the right job? And then like, it really can slow. Right. Um, so I would encourage people to not to be fearful of those things that come up, but to be introspective and, um, Yeah, it's sort of about like, it's a puzzle, right? You've got to figure out what pieces go where for you. Um, So maybe career is like a really big thing and and you are just getting takeout salads and you're not able to meal prep for a period of time. And that's what works for you. But um, yeah, and I guess that's the other thing I would say. Meal prepping shouldn't be stressful. And if it does feel like that, then yeah, like get a takeout salad, take a night off. That's okay you know um
0: yeah i'm glad you said that because um also i think there's no like right way to do this if someone just meal preps for like two days out of the week not even consecutively that's also fine it's like no one has to do like you know all five days or like perfectly all the time yes
1: true i think we need to give ourselves a little bit of a pass sometimes yeah Um, i
0: agree okay what a great way what a great way to wrap this up um let's hop on another question for now um what's your favorite way of winding down at night i yeah. wonder if this involves food or not but you can totally do
1: sort of it's the like carrot at the end of the stick if you meal prep then you have time to watch the marvelous mrs Maisel on netflix <laughs> yeah. um,
0: yes or outlander That's
1: yeah. is also funny to me right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I TV time, TV talking time. I'm not, I'm not into like mindless Netflix binges, but I do think Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Um, right. And this is not a way that I wind down per se, but I've actually started boxing, which I'm like really into. Um, I was mostly like, like a yoga and long walks on the beach kind of person. Um, and then I started doing more cardio and some like strength training. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I got into boxing and I'm like really into it right now. I'm so bad at it. I'm like, (laughs) but it's, um, really fun to be bad at something and to actually have to learn it. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's another thing about wellness. We need to be pushing ourselves to do things we're not very good at because we need to be learning new skills. Um, and that's one that I'm just.
0: Randomly trying out, so nice. Yeah, and it keeps you humble too. It keeps you curious. Yeah. It keeps you like, you know, you don't know everything, and that's like applying to anything in life, basically.
1: Totally. Oh yeah, I I don't know anything about boxing. I'm just
0: giving it a go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for your time today. Um, for anyone who wants to look at your delicious food, know about your recipes, anything like that, how can people find you?
1: Yeah. Um. So. Instagram is where I've been posting a lot of recipes. Um, Follow me there. My handle is um, CS, Integrative Nutrition. So CS is for my initials and Integrative Nutrition, all one word. Um, And then I have a website. It's uh, Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, Strandberg, S-T-R-A-N-D-B-E-R-G.com. So ChelseaStrandberg.com. and you can sign up. People can see recipes there if you want to have a um, free consultation. I'm happy to do those as well. Um, so you can reach out to me through those. Those are probably the best ways.
0: Awesome. I've definitely put all that in the show notes so people can easily find you. Awesome. And I think it's best if, you know, if like, Uh, anyone who wants to ask you questions it would be great for them to you know connect to you on Instagram because I feel like that's very relevant and they can ask you about specific posts and like dish and all that and other than that right yeah Yeah. Yeah, right so and then other than that I guess um, this is a wrap-up I love this episode I think it's gonna be really good Uh, for my clients and anyone who wants to learn how to cook and meal prep or just know something about the kitchen.
1: Yeah. And I should say if people um, reach out to me on Instagram or through my website and want to sign up for a consultation, great. Um, If not, you can also just mention this podcast. And I'm happy for listeners of your podcast, I can walk them through like a 15 minute pantry overhaul. So If um, folks want to connect with me on FaceTime or on a video, like video chat, um, Zoom or something. um, Yeah, I'm happy to kind of help people get started with their meal prep. And um, my clients really like pantry overhauls. I think it's really nice to have somebody sort of, uh, you know, help take a look at what you currently have and and what you could have. And um, yeah, so mention this podcast and um, I can do free uh, consultations, pantry consultations.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Oh, man. If I was someone like listening and I need help, I'll definitely jump on that right now. Yeah. Jump on it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Melissa. And um, yeah, it was great chatting with you.